I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. You can also check out HeidiHarris.com and listen to my live show Sunday nights in St. Louis, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time, 5 to 7 Vegas time, baby. I had a chance this week to catch up with Joel Rosenberg, best-selling author. He's got 5 million books in print, written about 17 books, mostly fiction, some nonfiction, but even his fiction books seem like they ripped right off the pages of some website. It's really crazy. His latest is Enemies and Allies, where he shares conversations he's had with people all over the world in the Middle East and obviously American leaders, people who would never normally talk to each other will talk to Joel Rosenberg which is really astounding in itself. So Joel Rosenberg is here to talk about Afghanistan, what's the future for the Middle East, and a couple of websites he's got to keep you updated on the Middle East. Joel Rosenberg, welcome back to the Heidi Harris Show, sir. Heidi, great to be with you. Uh, I'm a very sobering period of time in American history, uh, the surrender um, of of Afghanistan to a radical terrorist uh, regime uh, when we had won. Uh, It's just a stunning way to uh, get to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Right. What's really scary about that, and you talk about this in your book, Enemies and Allies, just so people know, you need to get this book. You talk to people all over the spectrum in the Middle East about their concerns, what keeps them up at night, what do they really want, different uh, national leaders. It's fascinating to, to read these stories that when you've talked to these people Thank personally. You. It's really great. But, you know, the Afghanistan situation is terrifying because we've sent the world a message that there's no one at the helm of America, and that that makes everybody uncertain. Yeah, uh, President Joe Biden um, has, has actually snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And we, we use that phrase, usually we're watching football on a Sunday afternoon, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, are, they, the game is over. We won. How did... How did he how did he throw a pick six and and lose on the last play? Like how did that just happen? And you're like, let's go to the videotape. And what we have here, I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't so horrific. You know, Americans being left behind enemy lines, um, our closest uh, friends, people who who sacrificed their lives and their families' uh, freedom to uh, be interpreters and doctors and and drivers and all the Afghan people that helped us liberate them 20 years ago and fight off the Taliban and al-Qaeda for the last 20 years, we just, we just cut them loose? Like, what all the Christians left behind, all the Muslims who left Islam and became followers of Jesus Christ in Afghanistan, they're all at risk. And it's all a decision of one man, President Biden. And in the book, Enemies and Allies, um, I wrote it because, yes, I got these extraordinary opportunities, which we can spend some time on just sitting with the Prime Minister of Israel, sitting with the President of Israel, sitting with Arab Muslim kings and crown prison, uh, uh, princes, presidents and prime ministers, sitting with them for not just for 15 minutes and a quick photo op and a cup of coffee, hours and hours they invited me to sit with them and then over and over again. And many of them went on the record with me and this is the only book of its kind. It's not the first. It's the only book where you sit with leaders. You may love them. You may hate them. You may disagree with them. You may be like, thank God. that he's there. But you'll hear them. These are our allies. What do they think about radical Islamism? And what, what worries them? And, and, and what are they doing right that, that the media is not telling you? But if you look at it, the, re- the central reason I wrote this, Heidi, is because of the issue of, of leadership. 
to misunderstand the nature and threat of evil is to risk being blindsided by it, right? We were blindsided as Americans on December 7th, 1941, by the Imperial Japanese. We just didn't get them as an enemy. We just didn't get it. And we got blindsided at Pearl Harbor, right? We were blindsided on September 11th by bin Laden. He'd already declared war on us, and he'd attacked us in multiple places around the world, but, but we just didn't think that this was possible, what happened on 9-11. And what I fear at the core here, uh, Heidi, is that someone like President Biden, who so clearly doesn't understand the Taliban, how is he going to stand up against uh, the radicals in Tehran, the, the Iranians who are trying to build nuclear weapons, and God forbid we are blinded by a nuclear 9-11. That's what's at the heart of this book, Enemies and Allies. That is true. We're speaking with Joel Rosenberg, author of, of what, 17 books, and uh, now he's got 5 million in print, and the newest one is called Enemies and Allies. You have got to read it. It's fascinating. We'll get to some of those interviews. Yes, you have been warning about that, that Iran, obviously, they want to you know, just annihilate us is what they'd like to do. One, one of the things that was interesting to me in this book, and I was not aware of this, is the, the Putin situation, because Vladimir Putin, you know, has been giving, uh, selling, I should say, selling weapons and all kinds of things to yeah, Iran. Not for, giving anything. Not giving, that's right. Selling all kinds of weapons and various things to Iran for a very long time. But what was interesting is he also, he has this ego, like he doesn't think that they, he doesn't seem to understand them either. Can you explain that a little? That was fascinating to me. Yeah, so over the last 20 years, we've all worried, uh, those of us who, who watch this uh, closely in the Middle East, and I, I live there, I'm a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen. We live in Jerusalem. Two of our sons have served in the Israeli military. Uh, but those of us who watch closely, we think, wow, a lot of work has been done to slow Iran down from getting nuclear weapons, right? The Iranian nuclear scientists disappear, they die, their, <laughs> Mysteriously. their factories are blown up, their right. labs are, you know, go up in flames. You know, a lot of bad things happen. I wouldn't want to be a life insurance um, agent, you know, for State Farm <laughs> in Iran if you're trying to insure Iranian nuclear scientists. Not a good business process. <laughs> but, but why, so, so as Iran has been thwarted, over the last 20 years from actually getting full-blown nuclear weapons. Um, what have they done? They have turned to build alliances with big enemies of the United States, Russia, China, North Korea, and increasingly now Turkey. But Russia is the most dangerous because Vladimir Putin is a would-be czar. He sees himself, I and mean, he's part czar, part Michael Corleone from The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cold-blooded killer. Right. He's invaded multiple countries. He's helped Bashar al-Assad in Syria commit genocide. I mean, this is Putin's bad. And Putin, you're right, is, as I say in Enemies and Allies, he's selling the very weapon systems and technologies to help Iran become a very fearsome, dangerous player. And yet Putin is so driven by greed and power he believes that he's controlling the destiny of Iran. Right. But but what if, and I raise this point in Enemies and Allies, what if Putin miscalculates? What if he's blindsided by an evil he doesn't understand and that Iran's leaders actually draw him, pull him into a conflict in the Middle East that gets out of control? 
Right. And that was the point that was so interesting to me in the book. I hadn't even thought about that. But then you've got a guy, like you said, he's, he's got this big ego. He thinks he can handle Iran. He has no idea. Maybe he doesn't understand the extent of their hatred or what, what they're actually you know, aiming for. They'll tell him anything to have, obviously have him sell them weapons. And he, maybe he should you know, flatter him whatever they need to do until it's too late for him. Well, and that's ignorance amassed with hubris yes. is a very dangerous combination, okay? That's what Biden has, and that's what Putin has. Now, I'm not saying they're the same type of people. They're very different. But Biden really means well. I, I don't think he thinks that he's doing something dastardly. He just is completely incompetent and ignorant of what radical Islamism really is. And when you, but, he, but you take that with Biden and you say, well, he's got 50 years in Washington, Trump had none, yet Trump, who had no foreign policy experience, got four Arab-Israeli peace treaties done, right? Uh, he, he, um, he dismantled the ISIS caliphate. He liberated five million people from ISIS slavery. He moved the U.S. embassy from Jerusalem, uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It didn't cause a war. That's pretty good for a guy who doesn't have any experience. But Biden has 50 years of experience, so it comes with hubris. He's absolutely certain that what he's doing with Iran, trying to lure them into a new nuclear deal, and what he's doing in Afghanistan is the exact right thing. Everybody else is telling him, you're crazy. What are you doing? Stop. Why? And he is so sure. And that is ignorance and, I guess, in Biden's case, incompetence, fused with, with hubris. And that is very, very dangerous. Yeah, we're speaking with Joel Rosenberg, best-selling author of nearly five million books. His newest is Enemies and Allies. You want to read this. It's fantastic. You get a perspective from people all over the Middle East and, of course, in America, too. We talked to President Trump and Vice President Pence and Mike Pompeo, uh, all people I like a lot. But you also talked to a lot of the major leaders in the Middle East about what they want. And these are people who are on opposite sides of many, many things, and it's fascinating. I loved your story about King Abdullah that you basically wrote. Talk about that. You wrote a book. I don't want to give away your entire book, yeah. Enemies and Allies. <laughs> but you wrote a book and you actually named him. You wrote write amazing uh, fiction books. I mean, a nonfiction too, but your novels are amazing. Like they were really ripped off out of pages of the news. I mean, honestly, they are. And so this one, you actually named King Abdullah. And then he right. got a hold of your book and then he invited you. Talk a little bit about that. I love that story. Well, it, it is. A, and it's a fun story to tell in Enemies and Allies. But yeah, a few years ago, I wrote a trilogy of you know three novels, political thrillers, totally made up. But about ISIS trying to ca or capturing chemical weapons in Syria, and then plotting a series of attacks. And in one of the books, ISIS tries to assassinate King Abdullah, the, the King of Jordan, whom I've made as an actual named character in the book. I didn't make him up. He, he, his character is the same. His name is the same. His family is the same. And so ISIS trying to kill him, blow up his palace, and take over his kingdom. That's a little risky when you're dealing with a real person and you put them inside a novel, especially when you live across the river from him. <laughs> but one of his advisors um, actually happened to just be walking through Heathrow one day, picked up a copy of this novel. He'd never heard of me, never heard of the book, read it, and was shocked and, and brought it to the king and said, Your Majesty, you have to read it. And he said, Why? He said, Because you're in it. <laughs> and he looked at it and he said, what do you mean? I mean, it looks like a novel. I know, but you're a character in the novel. So the king carved out a couple of days and read my novel. 
then, rather than banning me from the kingdom forever, <laughs> he might very well have done, instead he invited my wife and me to come to Jordan and spend five days with him and his inner circle. That's so great. I we love had it. lunch with him. We had dinner with him. We, had, uh, we went to a live fire military exercise with him. It was crazy. And, and he said, when we had lunch, he said, you know, I was thinking, where would it be fun to meet you for the first time, Joel? And then I thought, well, you did blow up my palace. Maybe <laughs> I should bring you to the palace and let you see how beautiful it really is. And I was like, wow, you, you know, Majesty, it's super gorgeous. I, I hope you know I didn't mean any disrespect. It was a, you know, it was a war game exercise. I, anyway, but he said, he goes, oh, no, I know. I, you wouldn't be here if I thought you meant harm. He said, but you made me a character, but my staff, you fictionalized. But I can see who's who. <laughs> so the king said, I bought copies of your book, Joel, and I give them to my staff. And I say, here, this is you on page 47. You don't make it to the terrorist attack. You might want to read that. <laughs> I love that really story. humor to this guy. No, yeah, it's amazing. It's great. It's fantastic. We're speaking with Joel Rosenberg, of course, author. of has got five million books in print. The latest is Enemies and Allies, fiction and nonfiction. He's written over the course of his amazing career. You are a Messianic Jew. You live in Israel. You're a dual citizen, America in Israel. And you are doing such a ministry over there, bringing people together in ways that, I mean, I'm just so amazed at the spiritual aspect of your success. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it, it is interesting. I mean, I, you know, yes, I consider myself an evangelical. I'm from a Jewish background on my father's side. He was an Orthodox Jewish. He and my mom, both uh, Gentile mom, came to faith in Jesus as Messiah. 1973. Hey, Heidi, my father thought he was the first Jew since the Apostle Paul who believed in Jesus. Like that. Wow. Heard something like that. But, but I, I take that very seriously. And, and even though I write uh, very exciting you know, political thrillers and lots of assassinations and explosions, <laughs> I know that people in the Middle East are really suffering for real, right. especially Christians, right? There's been genocide. There's been you know, uh, Christians with their heads chopped off because of ISIS and so forth. My wife and I, 15 years ago, started a ministry, an organization called the Joshua Fund, which is designed to bless Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. And, and over the 15 years, God has allowed us to invest more than $80 million in strengthening the church in Israel, the Palestinian territories, and five neighboring Arab countries, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Iraq, and Egypt. Investing those monies, uh, yes, doing humanitarian relief with Iraqi and Syrian refugees, with Holocaust survivors, the poor and needy, widows, orphans, but also just, you know, Bible colleges and Bible distribution and pastors' conferences and ways to strengthen our brothers and sisters so they can be a lighthouse in the darkness of the modern Middle East. And we consider that our, our most exciting thing that we do um, but it's interesting, that's like one side of what we do, and then the, the books and speaking and media is the other side. Because in the end, I'm a failed political consultant, Heidi. I mean, <laughs> I'm, and I'm one of the few Jews born in America who didn't get the financial dean. I'm not your hedge fund manager or a stockbroker <laughs> or your accountant. I'm not a doctor or a lawyer. I don't run a movie company. I pretty much, uh, you know, I know how to write, and God's been merciful. So that's my way, to educate, to mobilize, to inform to inspire we started two websites in the middle east called all 
Israel news and all Arab news. Excellent Because the ones. book, Enemies and Allies, gives you the big picture and takes you inside the palaces and helps you understand what's going on. But the story is fast-moving. So that's why we created the two websites, All Israel News, All Arab News, because we're trying to help you track the stories day by day. What's happening? What does it mean? Why does it matter? And people can sign up for our free email newsletter. You can get the headlines driven sent right to your phone or your desktop. But it's, it's, it's a fascinating and super exciting story, and I'm trying to cover it from all these bases and build a team that can then go make a difference day-to-day. Um, that's the Joshua Fund. And that's what it comes down to. And those are great. I was going to mention those websites. I'm glad you did. I check them every day. All Israel News, all Arab News. You've got to check them out Well, there. I'm your Middle East correspondent there, uh, um, Heidi. Whenever you need me, um, I'll, I'm happy to be your Middle East correspondent. You know what? I'm thrilled about that. Let's pivot for a second because you, like me, you got COVID. I got COVID. But you were fully vaccinated. When you, I'm not trying to drag you into political discussion about vaccinations. No, no, it's okay. But it's been a big deal in Israel, obviously. You were fully vaccinated. You got sick with COVID. How are you doing now? Uh, better. I'm, I'm, my energy level is still not at 100%. I, I'm probably at 80, 85, and a book tour isn't helping right now. But, right. Um, but I'm very grateful. Um, yes, a, a number of us got it this summer, and one um, a dear uh, relative of ours uh, just passed away mm. from COVID. She was not vaccinated, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it was her choice, but, but she didn't know she had a lung condition. And oh. so when she got it, um, it, it was horrible, and she went into the ICU, and she never came out. Mm. My mom and my wife's mom, both in their 80s, both with major underlying conditions, both vaccinated. Um, they both got it. My mom went to the hospital, double pneumonia, but both recovered. So, oh, look, I, 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 I don't want to get into the whole thing with people. I just can tell from my own experience that I got it. My wife got it, even though we were vaccinated. It doesn't mean you won't get it. But the chances are you're not going to get as bad as people who do get it, and you're very unlikely to die. And, and we had almost like a little focus group. We didn't mean to. But, um, look, I get it if people won't, don't want to do it, but just know the risk, right? Right. A lot of our friends who've gotten it this summer were in the hospital for a long time, and they yeah. recovered, most of them. I mean, all of them except one. But they have said now, you know what, um, if I could do it over again, I probably would get vaccinated. I don't want it to be mandated. And right. I don't think I don't I don't agree with mandates. But I think we should have just assess the situation and make our own choices. Yeah, I think everyone has to look but at eyes wide open, you know. Well sure my yeah. mom's been vaccinated but my mom has a lot of health issues. If she gets this it's over for her. So yeah. she's fully vaccinated, and that's, you know, for her to weigh the risks and all this kind of thing was very, very important. All right, final thoughts. What do you think is going to happen with Afghanistan? China's going to move in. Russia's going to move in. What is going to happen? How big a risk is it for us now in America, an attack on the 20th anniversary of 9-11? I mean, what, what, do you, what do you think we're facing, Joel? I don't think those major powers are, are going to move into Afghanistan per se. I mean, not there's nothing to get there. Right. Uh, it's an un... But... but but so bad guys will move in there because it's, you know, because it's now an ungoverned space with, you know, run by bad guys. So, you know, you can use it as a base camp. But right. the bigger issue strategically is that it shows uh, the disaster of surrendering to the Taliban when we'd already won um, shows weakness. It shows Biden's weakness and it shows he doesn't understand the region. He doesn't understand radical Islamism. And therefore, I believe we're going to start getting tested in multiple ways. I think Putin's going to test us. 
I think the North Koreans are going to probably, you know, start shooting, you know, testing long-range missiles again. I think you're going to see Iran becoming more aggressive. I think by I think I think the sharks are circling because they think they smell blood That's in the right, water. Right. Um, our enemies have been emboldened, and our and our allies have been unnerved. And for whatever the critics of Trump think, you knew that the the enemies of uh, of Israel and the United States feared him because they thought he's crazy. <laughs> that, he exactly. Crazy on us, That's right? exactly what That's I was going to say. <laughs> he's That's not... a good thing. I'm not saying it was not messy. It was right. Messy. I get it. Right. But you want our enemies to go, oh, my God, that guy could go freaking crazy on us. <laughs> So, that's exactly that's right. Yeah. Colloquial way of putting it. <laughs> no, but it's true. I would rather have you afraid that this guy is going to just go. You don't know what he's going to do, and that, that's a, as long as you just all behave because you don't know if he's going to go completely crazy. That's good for exactly. us. Absolutely. And, and and again, when I sat with these leaders, is it, the Israelis and the Arab, the moderate Arabs, they loved him. Like they they believed Donald Trump was was someone they could trust, who got the the, the stakes in the region. And they felt betrayed. They told me on the record, you, you read Enemies and Allies, your, your, your listeners read Enemies and Allies, you're going to hear on the record quotes of a major Arab leader who says, we felt like when we found Obama and Biden were holding negotiations with Iran behind our back, we felt like we just found our wife cheating on our neighbor. <laughs> what right. is going on? That right. was on the record. Right. And it's all in this book. And the book is Enemies and Allies, the latest fantastic book from Joel Rosenberg. Check out his websites, allisrael.com, allisraelnews.com, all Arab news. They're great websites to keep you updated on what's going on in the Middle East. They can get this book anywhere, Amazon, right? Anywhere? Absolutely. Amazon, Barnes Noble, wherever you like to get your books. And of course, local bookstores are great. And then, of course, you can follow me on, on uh, Twitter or at Facebook and go to my site, joelrosenberg.com, if you didn't get all those names and numbers. Right. That's the simplest way. And on Twitter, it's Joel C. Rosenberg, folks. Just make sure you Correct. get that one right because yeah. I'm following you on Twitter and you're following me, which yeah. I think I'm honored to speak to you again, sir. I, I'm so excited for your success and I wish you much more of it. Well, it's an honor. And again, from your Middle East correspondent, happy to be with you, Heidi Thank Harris. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Joel. It's so interesting to me, too, especially the ministry aspect of what he does because he's not going in there as a minister. But it really is a ministry. God is working through him in truly amazing ways. And it's just always a privilege to speak with him. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget to join me Sunday nights live in St. Louis on KFTK. That's 97.1 FM Talk. St. Louis, I'm on 7 to 9 p.m. every Sunday night. That's 5 to 7 Pacific if you're out on the West Coast. And you can listen anywhere, uh, of course, online. There's a link at HeidiHarris.com to listen live. Or you can find it online at 97.1 FM Talk. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.